0: How you doing? This is Angel from uh, JGLM life team in Manteca, California, and we've been dealing with in our life team freedom from depression. And I wanted to do a quick lesson. Last time I put something on there, uh, we're going to go back and upload some of the freedom from depression sessions as well that we're going to uh, we'll go through um, to put that up online for there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff through uh, covid. And just need some uh, Christian that needs some understanding on how to get the freedom that they're granted through the Prince of Peace. And but last time we did, I did something on uh, indirect warfare. And so this time I want to talk about direct spiritual warfare. Um, and there's the perfect example that we find in scripture that I want to get into is the encounter that Jesus has with Satan in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Chapter 4, The Temptations of Christ. And so it's not a complicated response, not a complicated answer. But I will say some things in life might be simple, uh, difficult to apply, difficult to walk out. You know, lifting weights is simple. um, But it's difficult to do because it's going to require effort and uh, labor uh, to do. So I just, let's get into it real quick. Jesus is gospel of Luke chapter four says Then Jesus was filled with the Holy spirit returning from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. He fasted. And afterward, When they, when they had ended, he was hungry. Okay. First thing, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So there's three, three things when you're confronted with the enemy and the devil in your life, there's going to be three things for the most part. He's going to hit and he's going to hit every one of us in this area. So, Jesus is fasting. He's going over there. The Holy Spirit led him to, to do this. Understand the Holy Spirit led him to go to the wilderness to be to Anna uh, and was fasting, that he was physically weak. Um, and the enemy came to tempt him to see if he would be spiritually weak. Came to kick his tires. He came to see what he can get out of that situation. And so, in that, the devil comes and confronts Jesus and tells him, uh, You know, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He was attacking his self-preservation part. And a lot of us are going to find ourselves in those moments where the enemy comes in and tempts us in the sense of self-preservation. Are you and I in self-preservation mode? You know, that's a really big deal. I've seen a lot of people during COVID-19 revert into self-preservation mode because of fear. They were no longer serving man. They were not no longer, uh, you know, they were putting themselves first. Jesus said, if you want to put yourself, if you want to be great in the kingdom, put yourself last and him last shall be first and him first shall be last. And that self-preservation mode kicked in uh, through a lot of people, a lot of Christians, churches especially. um, They went into that self-preservation mode. And so that's a huge deal, especially in 2020, 2021, um, that Christians, that we don't fall into that trap. Where he he sits there and tells them, you know, command these souls to be made bread. Dude, if you don't, you're, you're going to die. You're going to get sick. You're going to this. You're going to that. And that's what he tempted Jesus with. And that's what he's going to tempt you with. Fear. Uncertainty. Not sure that God's going to take care of you. God's going to be there with you. That he's going to back you up that God's going to come through. So he's going to see if you're going to fall into that self-preservation mode and see what happens. The next temptation Jesus finds himself is "And Jesus answering him said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That was his defense. That's how he combated it. That's how he fought it. He fought it with the word, confidence and faith that God would come through. And that The enemy came at him with the the fact of, okay, you need bread to live. And Jesus' response was, that's not the only way men live. I live by the word of God. Verse five, the next temptation comes. This is and the devil taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to you and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. This temptation has to do with high mindedness, um, just self-adulation, um, just high mindedness. Paul gives a statement to us in Romans 12 two, where he says about, you know, having your mind renewed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he goes on into the next passage and saying, don't, don't think highly of yourself than as you ought to. Well, the only way that we can think highly of ourselves that we ought to, is we think highly of ourselves above our brothers and sisters or those that are around us. Just because we have come to the knowledge of Christ, that doesn't make us better. I don't care what your calling is. I don't care what your position is. I don't care what your role is in the kingdom. Uh... If you have a role in the kingdom, it is not to have dominion and authority over people. That's the one thing that God never gave humanity. Have dominion and authority over people. He gave us to have dominion and authority over things. Everything that creeps, crawls, and flies. Every virus, every sickness, every disease, every demon, every devil. But he did not give us authority to have that and reign that over humanity. And in this moment, that high-mindedness that comes into this, Jesus confronts it. It said, get behind me, Satan, for for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. We don't serve ourselves. We don't worship ourselves. We don't even have faith in our faith. We have faith in God. God comes through because he is faithful, because his word is established. Not because we think highly of ourselves or because we have all these great testimonies and we think we're amazing people. Are you amazing? Sure, you are. You're amazing. You're one of a kind. You're made in the likeness and in the image of God. But just, but the reality is the most important identity and all of that is the initial image, which was God, and that was created over you. So don't be high-minded. The enemy is going to come and tempt you with that. Don't be high-minded. Don't think. Don't think more of yourself. Just business opportunities. You know, not all money is good money. Don't burn people. Don't cheat people. Don't rob people. In your ministry, be honest. Um, you know, don't fall into that. That ministerial capacity of superiority, it's garbage, it's of the devil. We worship God and him alone. So no matter how gifted you think you are, the moment you step out of that that element, we cannot forget, I can't heal anybody. It's Christ that does. I can't minister to anyone out of my love. It's only out of the love of Christ that heals. Uh, Anything else out of that is ineffective. It's carnal. It's witchcraft. It's sorcery. It's sin. So Jesus confronts the first thing in the first element that he confronts is self-preservation. And he defeats it by saying, no, I live by the word of God. I trust God. The second thing that he's confronted with is is high-mindedness and pride and arrogance. And he says, no, we worship God only. That's it. Even Jesus said that. And if Jesus said that, how much more you and I? And the next the next temptation would come across. This is then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from there, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest your dash your foot against the stone. Now. Satan is quoting scripture, so let's get some understanding here. The devil knows the Bible. The devil probably knows the Bible better than most of the Christians. I would would be comfortable to say that because most Christians don't know their Bible. He's not afraid of the scriptures. He's afraid of you believing the scriptures. He's afraid of you walking in obedience to the scriptures. It's it's, okay. Put it this way. Um, This might surprise you, but the devil's in the church. The devil has no problem sitting there in a worship service. The devil has no problem sitting there in church. Uh, because most people in church are not even Christians. They're just convicted sinners who come back and forth because they feel bad and it sees, it, sees, it uh, soothes their conscience. But there is no transformation. See, the devil's afraid of sons of God, not of churchgoers. He, he doesn't have any problem with you lifting your hands and singing a song. What he does have a problem is you having a relationship and communion with God and walking in that continuously. See, now he's defeated. That's a a different thing. But he'll quote scripture to you all day. But if you don't know the connection to it, um, you're going to get misguided, misstepped, and you're going to make horrible mistakes. I've seen some people make horrible marriage decisions based on a misinterpretation of scripture, life decisions that just ruin their life because of misinterpretation of scripture. They wanted to apply it to their needs without actually understanding the scriptures or the power of God. And so Jesus comes in and he answers them and said, "It is. it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And in that last part of self-achievement, self, self-preservation, pride, uh, the first, you know, as far as just self-preservation and just being, making sure that God's going to take care of you. You know, getting finding ourselves in that mode. The second temptation where Christ falls is more of a high-mindedness and arrogance uh, of our ability, of who we are, all these other things. That we would take risks that are unnecessary because we think of ourselves higher than, than as we ought to. See, then you, somebody would, we could talk about mass, we talk about COVID-19. See, there's a difference between having confidence in Christ and having arrogance in you. There's a whole difference and we'll get into that at another time. If you want to put a comment on the bottom and ask me a question, I'll answer your question and we'll go through the scriptures. I don't have an arrogance of who angel is. I know who angel is. I'm a son of God. So there's certain things that I'm not afraid of because I don't have a spirit of fear, but I have power, love and a sound mind that was granted to me through confidence in Christ. But I'm talking about high mindedness of arrogance with other people, with situations, and in different things like that but we can talk about it and we'll talk about it down the road through other lessons but the last part of self-achievement of patting ourselves on the back and taking something building our kingdom not god's building something that don't pertain to us and not god's so Jesus was given the bill, giving a moment the devil gave him a moment to say i will give you authority I will give you authority, but um you're gonna have to be sly off the scriptures. No, no, not at all. And Jesus was directly said, don't tempt the Lord your God. We're not we don't live that we don't live that way. I don't I don't need millions to be rich or wealthy. You know, if I lived with under the means of to provide for my family, pay our bills, live, live content. But what if I had $10 million flowing through my, my hands on an annual basis? See, what does it matter if I were to, what people want to get $10 million and keep 8 million invest, you know, or keep 6 million, invest 3 million and give 1 million. No. No. Why don't we live under the means of what God has blessed us with and give it out, dish it out, give to the homeless, give to the needy, pay some electric electricity bills, pay some PG&E bills, buy a single mom some tires, um, buy some groceries. And not living in high achievement of ourselves, patting ourselves on the back, but living with humility, with servitude, serving our brothers and our sisters around us and serving the world in the light of Christ. And so the last temptation of self-achievement is something that we've seen in the church that is abused so bad. COVID-19 scared a whole lot of people financially, and a whole bunch of Christians stopped giving. A whole bunch of Christians stopped wanting to give water to their neighbors because they were scared of a virus. Stop feeding the homeless. Churches completely stopped giving to the homeless and ministering to the homeless because they were afraid that they would get sick. That's sick. That's sick. More so than, oh, uh, being scared of that. You know, it, I heard somebody say, they said everybody everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. <laughs> if, you, if we have so much faith, then let's go out and serve our community, serve our neighbors, put our lives at risk. And if we go, then we get to go and win and we get to a great place. Oh, well, but we don't actually have, have confidence that uh, God will take care of our family if something were to happen. So I'll leave that for another subject. But that's what I'm talking You know, at the very end, Gospel of Luke chapter 4, 13 says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. The devil came three different ways. Self-preservation, self-adulation, or high-mindedness, and self-achievement. Pride of life. Success. He came in those three ways, and Jesus confronted that, and Jesus beat it. By quoting scripture, standing in the word and standing in confidence in God. But it didn't end there. The Bible says that Satan. It says that he he left. Not going, man, I really missed my opportunity. No, he left for another opportunity. To look for another chink in the armor. To look for a weak link in the life of Jesus. And at the end, he couldn't find it. So at the end. He went to kill him. He went to take his life. And that's you and me. The enemy is going to look for a weak link in us. He's going to come in. He's going to tempt. He's going to see. He's going to kick the tires. He's going to check it. He's going to see if you're afraid, if you're intimidated, if you're fearful, if you have anxiety, if you have all these other things, if you're prideful, if you're arrogant, if you're self-reliant. He's going to test all those things. He's going to see what's more important, God's kingdom or your kingdom. He's going to see. He's going to check it all out. I'm going to go, okay, all right. I might not have gotten this time. He got me, but I'm going to come back when he ain't looking. I'm going to come back and I'm going to check it. And that's the part we have to be be aware of, not be fearful of, but be aware that we are aware of, his, of the wiles of the devil, Paul says, that we are aware of his tactics, his methods, not because we are churchgoers, but because we are soldiers and warriors in a fight for the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness. And we are coming to take territory and to win. We were not created to lose. We were not even created to just fight. We were created to win. We were created to win every single time. No options. When the disciples didn't heal the young boy, Jesus didn't say, man, You know, even baseball, really good baseball batters, you know, bat 400%. That's incredible. Hey, man, you tried. You lost. I get it. That's great. He didn't tell them, you know, well, you know, maybe next time you'll get them. Great try. No, he rebuked them for a lack of faith and said, don't lose again. So Christians, don't lose again. We were not intended to lose. We were intended to win. Live in faith. Live in submission to the word. Live obedient. Live submitted to one another. With humility, servitude, serving the world in the light of Christ. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not angel in me, the hope of my glory. No, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. So take this information, man. Process it. Think about it. The enemy is going to come. He always does. I don't want him to win. I don't want him to win in your life. I don't want him to have any foothold or territory he's taking in you. I'm tired of it. And so in Jesus' name, I set you free. Have your eyes opened, your ears opened to the word of God and the tactics and the wiles of the enemy and overcome it by the shield of faith. We love you here at JGLM, Life Team, uh, Team Manteca. Um, check out JGLM website. Great material. Curry Blake has incredible stuff. If you've never been on there, check it out. Download it. Upload it. Buy some material. Check out the YouTube page for them. Check out our YouTube page, um, our Facebook page. We love you. Find a live team. Find some strong believers that will pray with you, not just to pray with you to sob and have sob stories, but pray with you to war and to fight and to overcome. That's the church. Not a bunch of sob people crying about their problems, but we are to live victorious in Christ. No other option. There is no other way to live but victorious in Him. Love you guys. Amen.